and welcome to the Chorus in the Chaos podcast. My name is Jack, and I am, as always, joined by Grayson and Blake. Uh, that's a Blake. <laughs> that's a great eyebrow, eyebrow trick you got there. Um, this is a our talent show episode. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Right. <laughs> All right, we got to start over. What have I done? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't get to start over now. Jack, Jack just blame. We don't Jack blames himself. Over. He's like. What did I do? <laughs> Why did I make Blake do that? <laughs> All right, we'll keep going. So this uh, this is the Course of the Chaos podcast. Uh, we're in the middle of season two, and we're on a theme of common struggles of the Christian life. We've covered a number of topics from consistent uh, scripture reading to prayer to evangelism and so on and so forth. And this um, this week, we're, we're looking at finding a true church, the struggle of uh, that a lot of people have. And I would say, if I had to think of one question that we get that people message the Facebook page and kind of email us and stuff, maybe the one question we get more than more than the others, if I had to pick one, is something along the lines of, there's not a good church in my area. How do I find a church? Where can I go to church? Um, I, we get a lot of stuff, but I, that one seems to come up quite a bit. Like yeah, people that is, yeah. it's a common one. It That's is a common, a common one. So, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what what that struggle, like why Christians may struggle to find a true church, um, what not to look for with a church, what look what to look for when you're going and looking for a church, and then uh, we'll give you some tips and tricks. And uh, I think Blake's going to read nine marks of a healthy church to you at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's bonus that, content. That's bo yeah. oh, that's bonus yeah. content. You got to yeah. subscribe for for the yeah. for the audio, the Blake Library audiobook. Right. Um, for an extra yeah. nine ninety five, you can get the Mark D Dever impersonation <laughs> on top of that. So for fifteen ninety nine, will you do it in a British accent? <laughs> I would. Okay, which would actually be me reading it and then just saying "Governor" at the end of every sentence. So I think I'd pay for that. I'd pay yeah. for that. <laughs> um, before we, before we jump into that, a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, number one, just thank you to everyone that's been listening. We've seen our listenership go up over the past over the season, and it's been a big encouragement to us. Um, we 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 continually comment to each other. Just it's amazing that anyone would want to listen to us kind of babble about stuff. So thank you for listening. It truly is a blessing to us, um, and we enjoy doing it. So it's fun for us. But we're glad yeah. that there are at least some people out there that are enjoying it. Um, two, uh, if you haven't like subscribe, follow all the stuff that they say to do when you have a podcast and, and YouTube channel and all that, yep. uh, those reviews, those when you comment on the YouTube, all, all that stuff, that's how people find it. The algorithms work when you make comments and likes, that's how other people find it. So if you haven't done that, um, maybe consider doing that. And if you have, thank you so much. And then lastly, I just thought I'd give a, a, uh, update. So last week or this last is podcast, another, uh, housekeeping item. This is the final, yes, the final well, housekeeping fire. The, the, this the, one's the hell housekeeping, the, the housekeeping <laughs> fire, the hell housekeeping. <laughs> so I, last time I mentioned, um, I had complete, like I hadn't thought about the hell house in a very long time, but we were doing the podcast and evangelism. And I kind of popped in my mind. Well, after the podcast ended, I was like, I wonder whatever happened to that. And I went and Googled it and, I'll just read you the headline. This is from uh, Tyler, Texas, kind of the local news station there in East Texas uh, on June 7th, 2021. So not terribly long ago. And the title of the news article is Tyler Hellhouse catches fire following lightning strike. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know if you want to presume, but it sounds like judgment. I don't know. Maybe just natural 
lightning either strikes. That, or, I don't know. Yeah. Either I don't that know. Or they're really getting into it. They're like, we need live fire. If we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get this, this thing really cooking. Yeah. Right. Attendance was down last year. We need you seen lightning. that meme. Have you seen that meme where you have the manager like we have to fix the thing and they end up throwing the guy out the window. Mm-hmm. You know that meme. Yeah. That meme template. Yeah. It's like how do we get more people in here? And they're like. <laughs> Hell's not hot enough. How can we get light hell hot? Light it on fire. Yeah. Burn it to yeah, the ground. It, burn it down. Yeah. So, but anyway, anytime, I wonder why is it? So this is a wow. This is rabbit trail. But anytime that lightning strikes something, like that's always like our instant thought is like judgment. Oh, that's some kind of judgment. Like that. That's just built into our culture. Lightning strikes equal judgment. It seems like maybe because it's so rare. Like it just, it's so rare that it's like, there had to be know. some, <laughs> maybe we just don't hear about, I don't know. It's, it's always attached to like weird stuff when we hear about it, you know, that's true. So the hell house, you know? Yeah. Well, there was that, that George um, Floyd mural. Yep. There yeah. was that also that yeah. gay liberal preacher that, uh, in the middle of one of his sermons, he was, he was going on incredibly blasphemously. And lightning struck his church building, and all of a sudden the power goes out. And he he actually stops his sermon, and he's like, "Well, don't take that as a sign of judgment, guys. That's not God's judgment." And then everybody kind of chuckled, and he went on preaching for a little bit. And it's like, mm, I don't know, <laughs> guilty conscience, much? <laughs> yeah. Or uh, wow. what was it? The ELCA when they were debating all that—the the liberal Lutheran arm or Lutheran yeah. arm. Um, in Minneapolis is either them or the Methodists. I think Lutheran. So the ELCA, yeah, the ELCA was meeting and lightning struck the cross on the top of the building they were meeting in and split it. And then John, John Piper tweeted out, you know, this must be an act of judgment and Twitter just blew up and went crazy on him. But that's another one where it's like, maybe, maybe, I I don't know. I wouldn't discount it. I I don't know the mind of God, but yeah, I I just found it amusing and maybe slightly ironic that after our, you know, after everything of what (laughs) it is, the hell house, which the whole thing is presuming judgment. Like it's like, what would judgment, what would, what would God's judgment be like for you? And that's their evangelistic method. And then they get struck by lightning. So anyway, what a way to go out though for the hell house. Good on that. Talk about uh, your big finish. <laughs> That's true. That is true. All right. So um, finding a true church. Let, let's jump into this. So um, Grayson, you put this outline together, so maybe I'll let you kick it off. Um, but I think the, the first section here is maybe we want to look at what are some reasons? Why is it hard for Christians? Why do they struggle finding a true church? Yeah, when I was thinking through this, um, I literally was thinking of different things that people have said on the Facebook page or or whatever, but also just conversations I've had with people. Also, just some stuff I went through when, I mean, I think of years back when my wife and I were looking for a church. But one of the ones that comes up fairly often for people is they, they got wounded or burned or, or somehow just mistreated at one of their past churches. Hmm. And this one is one that, I mean... I'll tend to take people at the benefit of the doubt. I don't know, right? I mean, the first estate's case is always right, so I keep that in mind. But mm-hmm. there are legitimate instances where I think people can easily get hurt from their church. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a grouping of sinners, so I'm not going to say that's completely out of line. Um, it shouldn't happen, but it happens. 
And so one of the, my basic counsel or pieces of counsel to people that actually do have that happen is um, if it's legitimate, just go back to church. You know, I, I know that sounds almost cold to some, but the reality is uh, there's no better place where I think you'll find actual healing than if you're with the people of God and a genuine people who can come alongside you and, and care for you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in that case, it's like, go back to the place where you know that you can meet with God's people and hear the word preached and settle in, begin to heal a bit. You don't have to get involved in every aspect of where you were before, but just kind of come and observe, participate, listen, learn, and um, see if yeah. you can't, and for I, I hate to put it this way, but get loved on, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, let the body yeah. do its work. Uh, yeah. I think I mean, there's something too also. Um, you, you've got to have, again, you've got a room full of sinners and you have to have, so you have to have some tough skin. Like you can't just live a, this marshmallow life. Um, you know, I think a good way, I think a good way to ex- examine things is if you're thinking about leaving your church because your feelings have been hurt or something, would you leave your job for the same reason? Like if somebody was rude to you at work, would you quit your job? So well, I'm never going to work again because one of my coworkers yeah. was rude to me, you know? I mean, so there's things like that and, you know, Lord willing, you'll be in a church and you'll be there long enough that you'll offend people. People will offend you. You'll forgive, they'll forgive and uh, you'll grow in sanctification together <laughs> you yep. know yeah so so yeah on the preliminary don't don't run at the first sign of just like oh i'm just yeah took what my, i'm thinking of is pew. like you know that you hear those horror stories where like a pastor um yeah i can't remember where the heck it was but the, there was a pastor who a year or two back was caught in some extramarital affair where he just mm-hmm. he hushed it up and the girl was underage when it all happened but it happened for years Right. And all of a sudden it blew up in the middle of a, a an actual like church service one day. So yeah. I could look at something like that and see that whole church oh, yeah. blown up. Oh, and yeah. it's like, for, for those people, it's like, holy cow. Um, the amount of just carnage that guy created is just insane. Right. Yeah. Right. But when yeah. you get these guys that are, you know, they're the big evangelical pastor or they just, they're maybe not well known, but they implode the church. Um, there's there's legitimate stuff that happens. If it's like, yeah. hey, somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed and they were short with me one day, that's not what I have in mind here. You know, that's right. what Blake's speaking to. Don't yeah. good distinction. Good distinction. Yeah. It's like the let's yeah. let's actually look at things in the sense of the gravity of it rather than mm-hmm. um I'm a bit too sensitive. Right? Right. Right. But Yeah, and I, th- and I think if you've been through that obviously everyone's situation is different, right? But like you said, Grayson, if you've been wounded by the church, hurt by the church, regardless of the situation, if at all possible, find a place where you can go and settle in and heal. Right. And I think one of the most healing things that can happen for someone or happen to someone, or I should, let me rephrase that. One of the ways that someone who's been through, through that can get healed, one of the most impactful ways would be to find a community of people where you can participate, listen, learn, um, observe, and just be loved by people. Uh, as much as, as good as the church is at harming people, 
I know from experience and I know from a lot of other people, the church is equally as skilled at loving people. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the, the paradigm and the, the paradox, maybe I should say too, of this, of this already not yet situation that we live in being indwelt by the Holy spirit, but also dealing with all this sin that's around us. Right. We're right. We're saint and sinner. Yeah. Right. And even if you end up leaving, so your, your other church, you, you've been hurt or your church closes down or, or you move and you're looking for a new church, uh, you know, any of those hurts that you experienced, um, I think a good point that Grayson brought out was, you know, don't, don't make the congregations that you're visiting, don't make them guilty, uh, you know, for someone else's sin. Like right. yeah. you can't hold against them what happened to you, you know, at the, at the other place. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's good. So, yeah. um, a, another reason, Grayson, you jotted down here that, that Christians may struggle, um, to find a true church is maybe, maybe this person or someone is disillusioned due to a lack of biblically faithful churches in their area. And I mentioned that in the introduction. I think that's the, the one question that we get maybe more than mm -hmm. any other. There's, I can't mm -hmm. find a church. And it, and it happens, I think, because we post all these, Hey, it's Sunday, go to church. Yeah. Like we, we do yep. that weekly. And someone inevitably will say, well, I can't go to church because there's not a good church in my town or something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and it is hard, especially, especially in our day and age because of the situation of just the broad evangelical church. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that is hard, but the difficulty of the matter doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't remove negate the command. The command. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't exactly. Negate the command. Yeah. 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 yeah We're still called to be part of a church. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would argue. I mean, I I wrote this down. I'm assuming you guys feel the same way, but my conviction is that if you have to move to go and find a biblically faithful church that it's worth doing it's, so. It's that important. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I know if, people, you're, if you're in a place if you're in a place where there's no biblical church, I mean truly, not just that they didn't check your, you know, 60 preferences, but that there's no church <laughs> that, you know, preaches the gospel and and, you know, is is you know, acting as the church, uh, you know, you can go back to season one and listen to, uh, we did a couple of episodes on what happens at a church, what actually constitutes a church service and things like that. Um, and you know, it's, 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 it's relatively, you know, broad and there's lots of churches that are accomplishing, you know, a biblical Christian Sunday service. So if you're in a place where there is truly not that taking place, you have a couple of options. Uh, you can move somewhere where there is a church. It is that important. Uh, or maybe the Lord would use you as a core individual to passionately pursue getting a church planted yes. uh, in your area, which is going yeah. to which is going to cost you uh, time. It will cost you money. It will cost you, <laughs> you know, lots of things to, you know, to help get all of that going. But again, it, it it's worth it. It's yep. worth it to do something like that. Um, yeah. In, but in yeah short, but it's not an option to just not go. That's what I was going to say. We're, we're arguing for the fact that though it may be hard, um, we're still called to do it. And that's, I mean, 99% of the Christian life. Imagine tapping out if something were just difficult, right? So, all three of us are married. Imagine looking at your wife one day and saying, you know, marriage is just hard. Um, frankly, I just, I feel like I'm better off on my own. And, 
you know, God bless yeah. you. I'm glad that you feel that you found a good husband in me, but things are just hard right now. So I'm going to tap out. Nobody would look at that as a sane suggestion. Or if you're raising kids, right. if you did the same thing there, it's like it, it's life is hard. Right. Um, and there's so many things in the that, Christian life, the Christian life, every step of the way has its difficulties. I just, uh, you know, I just preached uh, Romans 8, 26, 27 this week. And one of the key facets in there is that, even prayer is difficult that the Holy mm-hmm. spirit has to come along yeah. and assist us in our weakness in our prayer. So what may, if prayer is difficult and we have weakness in prayer, what makes you think that any other facet of the Christian life is going to be just a cakewalk? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It, I, it's I, not. I can't remember what the Psalm is that's tied to Romans eight. Um, I preached through it over the summertime mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite ones which I should know the number of it, but it was, it was actually incredibly beautiful how the whole Psalm is about how they're crying out to God because they are literally being crushed and killed on every side. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're being faithful. And, and and they can actually say that because they've not turned to idolatry. They're not an open flagrant sin. Mm -hmm. They're not in disobedience to the law of God. They're offering sacrifices of purity. And it's like, this is the inspired word of God in which they're able to say, yeah, we're being faithful, and yet you're sending us as sheep to the slaughter. And right. they're they're wondering what the heck is going on here. But in the midst of that, what they do is they resign themselves to the sovereignty of God, and that's where they draw their right. comfort. Right, is that right. Their sovereign warrior king is still going to plead on their behalf one day. He's still leading yeah. the battle charge, even right. though they're dying. That doesn't neglect the fact that God is the one on the throne. Right. And I think yeah. that mindset colors so much of the Christian life, if we can grab a hold of it, mm-hmm. then things like finding a church, while hard and while incredibly important, um, if we can recognize that God is still sovereign, he's still on the throne, and for one, we're not dying in that process at this point, at least in our culture, then we can step forward in faith and keep trying. Yeah. Right. Well, what Psalm, would you say Psalm to somebody? Psalm 44, by the way, Grayson. Thank you. Yeah, I, and I didn't know that offhand. I looked it up. So, Doctor Google, <laughs> Doctor Google. Yeah, well, what would so you, you should have uh, just been. You should have just been silent there and been like, "Yeah, I just yeah. I know the Psalter that well." Yeah, it was in. Yeah, you preached right. it. Okay, plus one hundred Presby points. There you go. What uh, What would you say to somebody? So, is looking for a church, and I've talked to these people, and I'm sure that you guys have too. Uh, that they're visiting. I mean, you know, ten. 15 churches, which is spread out over, you know, 15 Sundays. Uh, you know, they're, I mean, it's just, and they're just wore out. Like they're literally burning out for the process of actually trying to find a church. Uh, what do you say to that individual? Keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, right. it's, yeah. it's, yeah. I remember I actually went through that. My wife mm-hmm. and I were going from church to church each and every week for an extended period of time. And we were young in the faith, so we were pretty ignorant in many ways, but we were still burning out from that process because it. we went to right. a couple this churches. This one doesn't we, have a drum kit. We're out of here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember when walking you young, in. When you say you're young in the faith, that's what I instantly think. No drum kit, we're gone. No drum if kit. I if I can't rock for Jesus here, I'm out. No electric guitar. They just a pipe organ and hymnals. <laughs> Boring. No, uh, we. I remember going into one, and at the end of it, they all 
got up after the sermon and stood around in a circle. And literally, we're the first-time visitors. We're the only people that had come in and visited probably in in months. And they said, why don't you guys all join us in holding hands together, and we'll sing this song together. And they sang uh, DC Talk. Um, I had no idea what the heck it was. Jesus Freak? I would have joined the... It was that left... It was that rapture song they did. I wish we'd all been ready. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Are they it was, about to it was, kill us? Well, that's right. I mean, it was weird. <laughs> and then afterwards, a guy walks up to me and he's like, I just want to give you a book. And it was how to know if you know the gospel. And I was like, oh, that's thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm going through undergrad right now. I, I actually got saved when I was 21 because I was was a complete idiot, but Christ was incredibly merciful. I went into the gospel and the guy's like, well, that's all great, but you should probably well, take this anyways. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and read that book anyway? Yeah. Buster. You sound like you're we'll not see. saved. You didn't, uh, I noticed that you didn't know all the words to the DC talk rapture song. So <laughs> yeah. you're going to want to read. This I noticed book. that you didn't hold my, uh, my hand. So yeah. Notice your hand was a little sweaty, bub. You got something to be nervous about? Huh? Yeah. Why did you shy away when I went in for the holy kiss? <laughs> Doth so, thou so Grayson, love the brethren? Grayson, was that the weirdest? This is, so this is a question. I think this would be kind of fun. Question, what is the weirdest, most interesting church visiting experience you've had? And would that be yours, Grayson, if you, for that question? Or do you have oh, one that's better? I, I have one that's better. That one was super weird, but... Another one that was that was weirder in my mind is I was actually filling a pulpit at a church for an extended period of time, and uh, it, it there was a lot of faithful believers there, but it was heavily divisive to where, I mean, people were literally on two sides of the church on whatever party they were in, um, and I got approached at several different points by people that were trying to just throw a coup in the church and undo it. Um, and one of the couples, as my wife and I came in and, and sat, they came in behind us and tapped us on the shoulder. And I mean, literally there's 20 people in this church. So there's empty seats everywhere. And they're like, uh, excuse me, you're, you're sitting in our seats. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, it's like, they're my seats now. Well, yeah. I, I basically kindly said, we're not moving. Um, right. And, we turned back around and started to sing again and they tapped us again. They're like, no, I don't think you understand. Those are our seats. And I'm like, okay. Um, again, I'm sorry. We're, we're in the middle of singing right now, but you know, please forgive me. I didn't know they were your seats. And I turned back around. I got tapped a third time. And the guy is like, I don't think you really understand, son. These are our seats. <laughs> And I, I'm, I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay. And afterwards, though, they were the friendliest people in the world, but it was almost like the Joneses type friendly. Um, the wife then launches into a whole conversation about how her son has married this young lady and they hate her. Um, they can't stand her. There's all these different ways in which they believe she's spoiled. Grayson, this and, was supposed to be fun. Yeah, well, this was, that's why I say this was. You're making it dark. Everyone's depressed now. Th- this right. was why it was weirder <laughs> than even a the funny other one. Potluck story, Grace. No, you get some. 
you get weird stuff out there, guys. <laughs> it's true. It's true. This was, yeah. That was one, though, that I didn't know if that church would die just because of how strong some of that stuff was. With yeah, You had, again, one half against the other. On the flip side of it, there were some incredibly kind, um, very loving Christians there that were fighting tooth and nail to try and save it. Yeah. And they eventually yeah. got a pastor that came not in. Not just and, save their seats. Yep. Yeah. But it was like, imagine trying to be the pastor of that church or imagine right, yeah. a, a younger couple coming in there for the first time. And, yeah. you know, that's how they welcomed them. You know, that must be a, uh, maybe that's a more common occurrence than I thought. You know, we, our family's first Sunday in church, I think I've kind of told you guys this before, that my parents, you know, kind of at random one Sunday were like, we're going to, you know, we're going to church tomorrow on Saturday, you know, we're going to church tomorrow. So there's six of us in the house and we go to church. It's like first time we've been to church as a family. Uh, we file into this pew guy comes up and says, I've been sitting there for 10 years. Like, and he's not joking. He's like mad. Imagine you have a family of six coming into a small church and like that's your first contact for that family, you know. Yeah. And so our act of rebellion was to sit there for the next fifteen years. So, <laughs> and he left, and we won the seat. So you know, you know, that was a that was a six hundred percent game. After we just moved, yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I think one of my first church experiences, other than that was um, I'd stayed over at my cousin's house and they were Christians. And uh, it was Saturday that we stayed over there, uh, my sister and I, and they were like, well, if you're going to stay over here, you have to go to church on Sunday. I was like, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to go to church. And like, well, you're going to, I was like, nah, and they're like, you are. So anyway, Sunday morning <laughs> rolls around. And uh, I thought that maybe I could kind of pull something funny. Like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't go. And they're like, well, we're still going anyway. So I'm like kind of miffed, you know, I'm like, sixth grade. I'm all mad that, you know, I have to go to church. The bad experience of it though, was, um, they had the, um, like a age segregated congregation and that the youth group actually met during the sermon time. So like there was no like total, like total, it was like kind of evangelical, you know, thing. And so I'm like by myself in this group of kids that I have no idea who they are. I've never met. I've never even really been in like a church setting that way. Um, and instead of listening to a sermon or singing or anything like that, the youth pastor is leading it. And he has like this skit thing where everybody has to put a skit together and act it out in front of everybody. And it has to be like, everybody has to be involved. And so here I am like this sixth grader, not used to this stuff already a little like insecure and like stage, you know, shy and everything like having my arm twisted into doing this skit of something. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I hated it, man. I mean, it was like, I, I did leave that. Like I am never ever doing this again. Like that was the most horrid thing I've ever lived out, you know? Um, and it was, I mean, it was years and years and years and years until I went to church again. And even thinking wow. about going to church, it was back on that. Like, I do not want that experience ever again you know wow it was just it was terrible it's terrible man both of you guys are depressing 
I know. This would be like a fun thing. Like I know. Yeah. I know. It's like ten minutes later, everybody's like, "Well, we're going to skip this one." <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> if you've made it's, it this, far. how to find a church? Don't listen to Blake and Grayson's stories. Right. 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 Don't go to the church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the depression and the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, now I want to ask Jack. I mean, I know we're into time and stuff already, but I want to ask now. Now I want to hear from the Presbyterian end. Have you ever had I, a bad experience, Jack, or has it been sunshine and lollipops ever since you converted? <laughs> every every Presbyterian church is amazing. It gets better and better each yes, time every, you go. I'm yeah. post mill, so every service is better <laughs> right. than the one. Oh, before. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> better better than the one before. <laughs> no, so I got I got two. One of them, I'm like, I'm it's wondering if Jack, I should like, share. Don't you guys want that? Yes, <laughs> I wish come that. On. Come on, guys, come on, join me. Um, I got two. One of them, I think I. I, I don't know. It's just kind of embarrassing for the guy. All right. I'll, let me think about it. That comment without context makes no sense. And I realize that and everyone's yeah. like, what is this guy doing? Um, so this is like three, three, four years ago. We were in Dallas for a long weekend and we visited an OPC church. Robert and- Jeffries church. And he brought down a statue of Trump to pray to. <laughs> no, no th- this is, I've always thought this was just amusing to me. It's not as long as, as yours, although that was fun. Um, so we're a few minutes late because we, we had trouble finding the building and where to go. We're, we're like three, five minutes late, right? Yeah. And we're coming in. But as we come in at this particular congregation, when they do their opening prayer, um, you're coming in at the back of the building, right? So everyone... The, the pulpit's like in front of you looking back, like looking towards you, right? Yeah. However, everyone had turned around and was on their knees praying on the chair behind them. So when I walked in, there were 75 people looked like they were praying to me. It was, and like the, the it was like a quiet prayer and the door was really loud. <laughs> and everyone is like praying and their eyes kind of come up and look at me. And it was just like, oh man. It was, they just hear this. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it was everything was fine after that, but it was just kind of awkward. And then the other one, a uh, long time ago, I used to be in a band, and we we uh, played. We did this thing where we recorded in this place, and and the pastor invited us. This is a long, long time ago. Invited us to this to this church, and in the church service, um, in the middle of the prayer, uh, there were it was kind of hard to explain the setup, but there were like folding chairs in the main area. And then like some, some, uh, bleacher type setting behind it where it would kind of steer up. We were sitting up there, but in the folding chairs down below in the middle of the opening prayer, this one guy's chair completely just gave out, mm. like completely just gave out. Like the chair broke and he fell to the ground and like, not so nice people were laughing at him in the middle of it. And it was, and they were a part of a band. (laughs) (laughs) I I felt so bad for that guy. Like, like so bad for the guy. So anyway, we, I, I digress. So we're halfway through the podcast now and we're, (laughs) we might just want to reshoot this one, boys. I don't know. No, no, no. We, we can move through <laughs> yeah. quickly. So yeah. reasons we struggle, you might be wounded. Uh, there may be disillusion to, yep. uh, to the fact that you, you think there's no biblical churches around you. We talked about that. Um, you mentioned, we talked briefly about being burned out yeah, from the it process itself. Yep. Yep. You know, just, yep. you may be weary, but keep going. And another one, and I think this is maybe the most common 
right? Um, you may just not, not simply know not what to look for. And, and again, we did an entire season on this. So our first season of the, of the podcast was all about the church. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably repeat some of that in short form here. But again, if you're looking for a church, if you're new to church, if you're like, what is church? How do I find one? I want to get into this. I want to understand it. Right. Our podcast, maybe season one, maybe a, maybe a help yeah. there. Cause it's in a, yeah. you know, a, much more exhaustive than we're going to do in yeah. this episode. And in here. season one, we were very focused. We didn't rabbit trail as much. We tried really hard. So, you know. There were no good stories. No. no good stories. No there hell house. Debatable. There was no hell house. Well, there was, there was no collapsing house. folding chairs. It was just yeah. Tim Keller all the way. <laughs> That's it. Tim Keller jokes. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. You nailed it. So, um, and Grayson, you put here like when you're knowing what to look for, uh, and I think this yeah. is a good thing. You want to know denominal distinctions that you hold, at least in a general sense, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you're walking in and you, I mean, so when I first became a Christian, I literally had no idea what the heck any denomination was. So I went into a charismatic church. I went into Pentecostal church. I was literally going all over the place just to figure out what I was even doing. And I'm like, I don't believe any of this stuff. Unitarian yeah. <clears throat> so, sounds so metal. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually thankfully never went to one of those, but yeah. um, understand what you believe for one. And then as you're going into a church, if it's a Presbyterian church, expect them to be a Presbyterian church. Right. Um, don't go in as a Baptist thinking that, now all of a sudden you're going to Martin Luther it. And I mean, you wouldn't be a Martin Luther anyways, cause he wasn't Baptist, but that you're going to come in and start a battle there and somehow magically transform all the Presbyterians to Baptists. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll be divisive. You'll likely end up being asked to leave rightfully. So yeah. Um, yeah. I would say if you can go into a place like that and you know, that's a place where you're like, okay, I can't find any other good churches. This is a secondary matter. I can go here in good conscience. I won't actively teach against the leadership. That's a viable option. You know, I get that. But if you can't do that, we would simply say go where you can be in good standing among the people and the leaders there because you don't want to be the divisive guy. Right. It it won't do anything good for you or them in the long run. That's just a, a really basic thing off the cuff. I mean, as we get into the you know, more pertinent details of this on high level. We'll, we'll touch on that more, but at the beginning, I'd say at least know what you're looking for and what you're looking at. Yeah. 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 That's good. So Blake, what are some ways or things to not look for? Yeah. In a church? I think so. I, and we talked about this in season one and it's something I, I think about often. And I refer back to, I think things bring on a lot more clarity if you look at it through the lens of the early church and the persecuted church. And so if you can ask yourself, would this have been a reason, would this, would this be a, a point of separation uh, in the early church or in the persecuted church? If you can answer that, honestly, you'll be, you know, you'll be 90% of the way I think to finding a solid church. And so, you know, things that you're, not necessarily asking, uh, or should not be, they should not be the forefront of what you're asking is things like, um, how, you know, the, the music, like what's my, what's like, what's my worship style 
preference. Okay, and again, we talked a lot about that in sim uh, in in uh, season one, uh, the importance of hymnody and not it being a concert and things like that. But those are some things. I mean, you shouldn't just first thing it shouldn't be what's the music like, you know. Uh, it should be, you know, what's the the preaching like. Uh, you know, don't don't look for a church just because they have a, a charismatic personality behind the pulpit. I mean, there's a lot of people that move places just so that they can be in um, big, like big churches, you know, like, well, I want to go to, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I the village. Go, I want to go to John MacArthur's church. Yeah. So I'm going to move just so I can be there and bask in the Shekinah, you know, or whatever. I mean, I mean, people do, I mean, people say stuff like that and they, and they do like just strange things like that. And it's part of that celebrity uh, pastor culture, which again is not, is not going to be the thing you should be looking for. You shouldn't be looking for when it comes to the pastor. I mean, can he rightly divide the word and is he a good shepherd and is he qualified? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So those are some things uh, there. You know, you shouldn't you, you shouldn't be saying, well, is there a bunch of programs for me and my kids? You know, we're coming right up on Resurrection Sunday. Inevitably, you will start getting flyers in the mail for the big churches in your area. They're dropping Easter eggs from helicopters and shooting their pastor out of a cannon. And, you know, I mean, like all these, <laughs> I mean, these these like weird things and, and like programs are fine. Programs are fine as long as they're, you know, connecting people back to the church and the church body with the gospel and and things like that. So we're not anti-program, but it's not number one on the list. You can go to a good biblical church that doesn't have an Easter egg hunt for your kids on Resurrection Sunday. You You can also go to a faithful church that doesn't have things like Awanas or... Yeah. Other things like that too. It's like, right. What's the priority? Right. Right. And I think, and and too, like when you're looking for a church, part of it should be asking God, like, well, how could I, I mean, not presumptuously, not coming in and slapping a list on the pastor's desk and saying, here are the things I'll be doing while I'm here. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, but, but asking God, like, what, what would you have me do. I mean, I've mentioned this before. We're a small Baptist church in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, by God's grace, we're seeing, you know, lives change, people getting saved, being baptized, things like that. But we've had, you know, seasons, uh, particularly uh, as our former pastor retired uh, and I took over, you know, you're going from a man in his 70s to now a, a guy in his, you know, young 30s. And there's kind of this whole like shift in the church, just like ages and, and things like that. And people feeling close to the pastor and all of those things that happen in a transition. It was all um, it was all very, very good. Uh, but I can't tell you how many young people we had visit again, our small church Um and then we'd contact them the following week and they would say, well, we're just looking for a place with uh, young people that we can do life, you know, that we can do life together. And there's a lot of gray heads, you know, in your church. And it always leaves me kind of wondering, like, OK, if all of those people would have said, you know, well, God, how would you have me serve here? 
there would be a lot of young people <laughs> because you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're out, you know, and again, and we've talked about kind of diversity in the church and how that's healthy with ages. Uh, yeah. You know, you want young, you want old, you want crying babies, you want people being born and you want people dying in your church. Like that's a, that's a good, healthy kind of spread. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're also not, you're also not just leaning on what you are familiar with. Uh, or just leaning on um, tradition as far as, you know, this is similar to the church that I grew up in uh, or all my friends go here. So this is where I'm going to go. There's, there is something very strange about when you, if you, particularly if you leave a church that you really loved, right. To look at your new church and judge them on the standard of your old church, you will almost always be disappointed. Yeah, because it's yep. not your old church. It's not your old church. You've got a different group of people. You've got a different pastor. You've got different elders, and you just have to come to the point of realization that if you've moved away from your old church or if something has happened there, um, it's it's a different place and yeah. different believers. And you know, maybe you can really work toward you know starting fresh uh, with this group. Uh, rather than just having a big comparison game of, well, this isn't like my right. own church, so I'm not, you know, interested. Yeah, ch church comparison never works well. No, like, and and I and I hear that I, I hear that a lot, especially yeah. when people when people move or I don't know. It's just like, and and I think it's I understand it. I'm sympathetic to it because I can think back of man, I really love the way my church did, my old church did this or that. Right. And maybe those things translate, but maybe they don't, right? There's different people, different churches. I think and it works. I think it works on the other end, though, too. That you can yep. leave a really bad situation in a church, yeah. and yeah. you can go into a church like, this place is perfect. It's the holy land of churches. And like you're you're building it up <laughs> too much, right? And you're forgetting, like, well, no, this is still, you know, this is still a church of again, sinners, uh, and things like that. And so don't also need, don't run into it saying this is have a perfectly medium attitude, <laughs> a perfectly <laughs> neutral attitude of the yes. church that you're visiting, you know, almost. If you can go in right? and be basically yeah. milk toast, <laughs> yeah, it right. would do great. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> have no opinions going in and just that's basically what we're saying. I guess we could wrap it up right there. Yeah, yeah we're done. There you go. Good, good episode. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then again, we're moving kind of quick here. Season one, if you want more of this good news for you, listener, this is like one of those flashback episodes, isn't it? <laughs> it is that they do, like, do in sitcoms to like, yeah, we did sitcoms <laughs> we do to like just fill dead space, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, looking at again at the struggle. So what, what's, what should someone look for in a church? So if you're out there, uh, and I have no doubt that someone is listening to this at some point and they're in the process of looking for a church, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, some things that you want to look for, because we looked at what not to look for. Uh, first and foremost, um, at the top of the list should be proper understanding of expositional preaching, meaning that the pastor, the preacher, uh, that that when they preach – the full meaning of the text is being explained and it's not purely high level doesn't avoid, you know, this means he doesn't avoid controversial passages. He doesn't use the text as a leaping off point for a pastor's hobby horse, right? Like he reads, um, you know, something about Paul's journey and then Paul goes to Malta and then he, 
And then he gives his political opinion on Malta or something. I don't know. I made it up. <laughs> yeah, before, right, but right. That's probably never happened ever. But, but, if, <laughs> but if, you know, if he just picks out I'd a- I'd sure a, like to go uh, to Malta someday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how did these vacation photos Malta. get in here? Wow, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you want to turn the slides on? We've got some. Here's me standing All right, in I got Malta the clicker. Right here. Is the clicker working? Yeah. The clicker's working. Good. Right. Okay. Look how sunburned I am in this photo. Yeah. So- you know, he doesn't just run off on a hobby horse based on some word or phrase, right? He's preaching yeah. the text that's there. Yeah. Um, he's preaching the actual content of the passage, be it rebuke, be it exhortation, encouragement, instruction, be it the gospel, whatever the text says, he's preaching it honestly and faithful to it, right? Um, and then, you know, an another point to this, that once the right interpretation of the passage is given, that he can also exercise and demonstrate a proper application, um, that he can say, here's here's the theological understanding of what's happening in congregation. Here's here's how you can apply this to your life. Like he can sure. interpret it and yep. and uh, and reason sure. it out for you. So you know, proper understanding of expositional yeah. preaching is paramount when you're looking yep. for a church. Yeah, and those are basic guidelines. I mean, the man may have strengths and weaknesses uh, within that that you need to come alongside. Yeah, I mean, if he's not. You know, maybe at the end of the sermon, you're not necessarily getting spoon fed the application like this, Michael, in the third row is how this applies to you, <laughs> you know, but, you know, yeah. that you can come along and say, well, like, this is what I'm drawing out of the text and kind of work with your work with your pastor in that. Yep. You know? Well, a good application forces people to think more in principles than yeah. yes. here's a specific scenario for your particular <laughs> life. Right. It's right. like, no, you. you um, anytime that somebody is doing that, they're almost always going to miss applications for other people. Then that's the yeah, job right. of the congregant is to be able to think yes. through the principle and then apply that in their particular circumstance. And, that, and that's right. the work of the Holy spirit too, right? Absolutely. Right. On the conscience yep. of the believer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so along with expositional preaching, I would say, uh, you've got it in here. It kind of goes hand in hand with this, but there also needs to be a proper understanding of biblical theology. Like, I don't know yeah. how someone could, preach expositionally well if they didn't if they weren't grounded theologically those two kind of go hand in hand but right. a proper understanding of theology uh, should be informed by proper exegesis if true expositional preaching is not being done like if it's if it's absent of that and you see this with a lot of celebrity pastors not all uh, mm -hmm. but you'll see shallow inconsistent just outright bad theology being taught they'll be doing yep. love offerings for their next vacation to Malta there you go right. well you'll, you the, the the interesting thing too the Oh, never mind. Go ahead. All no. right. I was going to say the interesting <laughs> thing you'll find too is you'll have many that they'll say we're expositional preachers, um, but they're not doing true expositional preaching in a sense that it's not necessarily verse. But they'll kind of go off of what you said in the first point not to do, right? It's kind of a leaping yeah. off point or they take a very high level approach to the text. And sometimes that can be done well in terms of a high level approach, but if they're never getting into the details, um, you can almost bet that even your more solid guys that we would say are in our reformed camp type, so to speak, um, their theology will be lacking in some areas. I think yeah. this was part of the reason we saw all sorts of different people taking different positions in the last few years is that theologically they might land on the doctrines of grace, but they weren't ever true exegetical preachers. And so right. they never actually we're forced to grapple with how that then applied in things like the sphere of government or the sphere of the church or everything else like that. So that's yeah. my own just 
thoughts, but yeah, um, as you said, exposition should and always will naturally inform theology. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 expo- the and expositional uh, preaching is, is it makes for a healthy diet, you know, yeah. it makes yep. for a healthy theological diet. Uh, again, as a pastor, and I'm sure Grayson would, would agree with this. I mean, sometimes when you're preaching through a book, you get to a passage and there's that little thing that just kind of flickers inside of you. Like, I don't want to preach this passage, <laughs> you know, maybe. <laughs> and then like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, but I've got to, like, I've got to, like, I got to, you know, go in and this is going to be hard and it's going to be, you know, there might be some, you know, fireworks and things like that. But what it does is it, it guides the natural flow of the book. It guides the, you know, it gives you a good, uh, a, a good spread of, you know, spiritual nutrition where it's yep. not just, you know, cherry picking again, your hobby horses and, or, you know, giving into that temptation of like, wow, this is a really difficult passage. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, cause if you're just cherry picking passages, how many pass, how many pastors are going to say, well, okay, I'm going to do a series on divorce now, you know, the evils yeah. of uh, the yep. evils of divorce, like who in their right mind would do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but instead, if you're going through a text and when you come upon those natural things, those areas, and sometimes you come across stuff that you never even would have maybe necessarily would have thought to preach. You know? Yep. Yeah. So what am I, it's good for the fav- congregant and it's good for the preacher. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite uh, examples in history of, of a preacher being faithful to preaching through the Bible. And I'm going to butcher that. I pulled it to try to pull it up here really quick, but I can't remember. So someone will correct me out there. I'm sure. But Calvin, when he's preaching in Geneva, he made everybody mad, right? And he's just preaching expositionally through everything. He gets mad. They run him out of town. And after so, so many, a couple years or after how long it was, they like miss him and they want him to come back. And he's been gone for a while at this point. And they drag him back. I think it was Buser, if I remember correctly, Martin Buser brings him back. But he, he comes back well, and he's well, been gone well. for years and he picked up on the exact verse <laughs> that he left on <laughs> when he left years before yeah, and like kept that's going. That's awesome. Like, I love it. You know, but yeah. just, just a commitment to to not avoiding problem passages or, you know, whatever yep. you want to call them. I, I read a Feischrift for Thomas Schreiner and uh, there was a guy who he gave two different instances where he was preaching and that's what he preaches is expositionally. Um, and it was like one of them was Mother's Day and he preached on the slaughter of Ahab's mother or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> just like, uh, but I, I mean, just like, the perfect irony of God in that moment. And, and yeah. here's a guy just faithfully preaching verse by verse, but yeah. Yes. So yes. Right. Find a, find a church where you have a guy who's in the details of the text, doesn't avoid it and has his theology informed by the text, right? He can give you a solid answer for why he does the things he does and how he does the things he does. Yes. Right. right. Yep. And, along and with, along that, with that, yeah. yeah. Hey, I was going to say along with thing. that, you've got to yeah. have, the proper understanding of the gospel. There you like go. The, yep. the yep. church has to, that is a primary of primaries, the strength and weaknesses of your pastors, you know, preaching the strength and weaknesses of programs and, and all of those things, you know, whether you baptize your babies or you don't baptize your babies. I mean, the gospel is the fundamental thing and you need to be listening to how is the gospel preached and how is the gospel delivered in the Sunday morning message. If you're hearing things like, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. That's not uh, the gospel. That's something else. Um, If the 
preacher or the elders don't speak of the problem of sin, that the solution to sin is the Lord Jesus Christ, if they don't command people to repent and believe in the gospel, um, to you know inherit that blessing of, of of Christ and His sacrifice, then if that's not going, if that's not taking place, then you're not at, at a church. You're maybe you're at a motivational conference or yeah. something like that. Um, yep. But a solid church understands that the gospel applies to all areas of life. Like the gospel isn't just the starting pistol that gets you yeah. going into your Christian life. Uh, it's it's intimately tied to every part yes. of the Christian yep. life, to your marriage, to how you how you parent, how you relate, how you forgive, your attitude. I mean, every single stinking thing, yeah. the gospel touches it. Uh, and so, if the gospel's not there, you don't have don't a church. Yeah. yeah, yep, you don't have yep. a church. Yeah, and another another thing that you should really look for is if they have uh, a paraministry hellhouse uh, to invite people to. Hey, if you love for... people, you're going to have a hellhouse. All right, yeah. it's plain and simple. Yeah. Sometimes we I... like to blend our harvest party and our hellhouse <laughs> and our Thanksgiving bazaar together. You know. Yeah, we do trunk or treat though, not trick or treat. So just to make sense. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Take that, heathens. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing uh, that no. godless Halloween. <laughs> We're having trunk or treat harvest party. Yeah. Someone out there just turned off the podcast. Yeah. Someone out there did. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So another another um, thing you want to look for is a proper understanding of conversion. And th this, yeah. this probably isn't something that doesn't come up. It may not be at the forefront of someone's mind when they're looking for a church. But I, but I think it's a really good point that Grayson put in here because – you know, a lot of churches will fluff membership rosters with unconverted people. I'm, I know churches that haven't adjusted, quote, I say adjusted their roster because people have left or moved in years. Died. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, died, yep. whatever it is. And and it's just an, an inaccurate representation. They don't know who's in the church and who isn't, right? There's right. just no real concept yeah. of, of, of participation. So they fluff membership rosters with unconverted people. They have them in ministry roles, you know, people will then inevitably be involved in things that they shouldn't be if they're there at all. And the bottom line is um, they, they, people within the church should be people who can articulate the God or people, I say people leading the church should be people who can articulate the gospel. They believe the gospel. And you see this in the church community that they live out the life of hope and love of the gospel. I think uh, I really mm -hmm. like going back to our episode with uh, Barnabas Piper, talked about that aroma of Christ in his book, Belong. Right. You, you're I, I just like the, the way he that imagery you gave. You're, you're around people and you can just sense the love and the peace of Christ around around yeah. other people. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. Now, off the cuff of that, then, would be a proper understanding of evangelism. Like right? a hell so, house. Like a hell house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, keep, I keep mean, it going. We, yeah. we have keep to going. because that would right. be. A, a textbook yeah. example of an improper. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my note here though, was like, I mean, oh, it, it is perfect. How many people do stuff like that though, where that's their idea of evangelism or yeah. they want to run some outreach event, but they actually never get around to preaching the gospel. Yeah. Um, right. With the hell house, I can at least appreciate that a bit more than, Hey, I'm doing a soup kitchen, but we're just feeding the hungry. Yeah. We're just feeding. We're nothing yeah, wrong with feeding ask. people. Yeah. But the, you have to get around to giving the gospel. If it's not ever preached, yes. right. if it's not ever lived out in the church, then something's wrong, 
right? Yeah, and has to be preached, and that's what we talked about last week. You know, yep. It's not the. It's not the. Uh, what, what did we keep quoting last week? I forgot. Or the, it was the. Uh, if uh, oh, if you preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Use words. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah, said I, I hate that's that. equi- that's equivalent to saying, you know, feed the hungry at all times, if necessary, use food. It doesn't make yep. any sense. It's dumb. Yeah. yeah I think right? it was yeah. Sinclair <laughs> yeah. Ferguson. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Should have yeah. thrown an accent on that. Yeah. We try it if necessary. I don't know. Um, I'll work on it. Give Sinclair Ferguson with a lisp. Yeah. No. No. What? You didn't hear anything. It sounded like you gave him a lisp. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Grace, you're really camping on this. No, I want to know why you gave Sinclair Ferguson a lisp. (laughs) We're we're trying to finish here. (laughs) We have to iron this out. Our our episode last week, again, was about evangelism. You have to understand. Again, a, a facet of a true church is proper evangelism, which is the declaration that Jesus Christ died for sinners. So you have the gospel yep. and evangelism tied together. Um, yep. And then you also need to have a proper understanding of, of membership as well. Uh, the importance of membership, um, that the church um, isn't just a place that a church isn't a club. Um, when you go to a, a club or you join a club, rather, um like a hobby club, uh, you're looking for certain benefits, right? That you get your, your members jacket and it entitles you to certain men, uh, you know, benefits and you gain, you know, certain things, but a, a church isn't like that. Uh, a church mm-hmm. isn't primarily about, isn't primarily about your felt needs, uh, or what you are getting out of it. Right. Uh, but rather, you know, I would, I would, and we might have a little bit of, I, we might have a little bit of difference in this amongst us three. Um, maybe not, but it's a covenantal, but it's a covenantal bond in the local body for the furtherance of the gospel in your area ministry to in ministry to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would actually sign on to that. I mean, that's, that's the idea of what I was going for. It's right. We're covenanting with each other in community for that very purpose. I mean, it's going to look different in our context as Baptists as it would for Jack as a Presbyterian, but at the core, we're confessing one Lord, one faith, one baptism, right? And that's Mm -hmm. the idea behind joining a local church is that you're doing that within the community of those particular believers and saying, we're going to covenant with one another, not only to evangelize and to submit to the elders here, but to hold each other accountable and to live holy lives and submit ourselves to our our Lord. And we're going yeah, to give yeah. and we're going to pray together and we're going yep. to have a common confession and we're going to attend and be part of the body life. Right. Amen. Yeah. Uh, as a Presbyterian, I give that the full stamp of approval. Yeah. See, that's the Westminster approval right there. Um, <laughs> the Westminster stamp of approval. Is yes. Yes. I'll give it that. Um, the Baptist another, divines. Yes. Yes. Amen. Somebody's again turning it off right there. <laughs> right. They're gonna be dragging they're gonna be dragging Jack in the comments now. That makes Baptists and Presbyterians mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last. Um another, By the another way, thing if to you lo- could go leave a mean comment on Jack's uh, <laughs> private videos about baptism, that'd be <laughs> Oh, silly Baptist. <laughs> Silly Baptist, you guys. Uh, the 
proper understanding of church discipline. <laughs> I'm trying not like I had so many things I want to say, and I'm like, no, we're like at 59 minutes. I know, right, right. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just so running pro- the clock down on you, Jack. I know you are. You are. Uh, look, look for churches or a church that has a proper understanding of church discipline. Uh, churches that just blankly churches that don't practice church discipline or ignore yeah. things are not healthy churches, right? No, no, no. Um, in fact, a church that doesn't practice church discipline is not definable as a church, according to Matthew 18. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if they're not doing it, they may not be a church and right. you should yeah. go and elsewhere. Well, yeah. And it's and inevitably it is nurturing a cancer that will at some point kill the body. Yes. I mean, yeah, it it's will. just, it, it will, it'll either be, Next year, five years from now, ten years from now, but at some yeah. point, if if discipline, if proper church discipline is not being done, you guys are in big trouble, and you have yeah, a yeah. really hard road ahead of you. Yeah. yeah, and we we did two episodes. We dedicated two entire episodes to church discipline in season one, so you can go back and yeah check those out. Yeah, yeah. Um, along along with discipline, proper understanding of discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. The and, and discipleship is arguably a or the primary growth for any church, right? It should be through the ministry of the word, right? That should be your yeah. discipleship should be. And again, we it goes back to the word of God. We started the section with that, but it goes back to the word of God and things like the ordinary means of grace, prayer, Lord's supper, AKA sacraments. Um, yeah, that one guy. Yeah. Just got to throw it in there, huh? We don't have yeah. time. You guys we don't, have, don't time. have time for this. We don't have time. Yeah. Statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so whether whether formal or informal meetings, um, as it relates to discipleship, you know that there should be some commitment to it. Regular instruction should be taking place. Yeah. Uh, between seasoned, mature Christians and less mature Christians, women teaching yeah. women, older men teaching men. Like the, the church should be. You should be seeing this played out. There should be a training up of of the generation below them. Right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, I mean, literally, no matter what age you are, unless you're dead, um, everybody should have this posture of I'm going to be discipled and I'm going to disciple others. Right. That's the reality is we should always come into a point of saying we have places we need to grow things. We need to continue to learn, but also how can we pour into that next generation of Christians? And so a mature, healthy church is going to have opportunity for you. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Also need to have proper understanding of uh, eldership uh, yep. that I, I would think you could, the big blanket statement on that would be that they're biblically qualified to. It's not just yes. it's not just that they're likable or that they've been there a long time or that or any other strange thing that that you might you know put up as a qualification. But are they biblically qualified uh, to shepherd the flock um, and do they fill that role rightly. Yeah. 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 Bottom line, if you're looking at pastors and elders, you should be able to look at them and say, are they mastered by the word of God? Right. Is that their authority that they're submitting to? Are they godly? Um, They have to be men, right? But you should be able to observe their households. You should be able to observe their lives and you should be able to say, at, at least in hopeful earnestness that I can follow them as they follow Christ, right? These are men you're going to have to submit yourself to. This is what scripture calls you to. And so if you can't submit to them in good conscience, because they're ungodly men, or they're not men that are ministers of the word, um, 
I mean, for one, they're not qualified, but for two, go elsewhere. Yeah. Secondly, we would, I would also argue if you can't ever meet with an elder, there's a problem there too. I mean, by virtue of the role there to be shepherds, um, it's hard to be shepherded and it's hard to submit yourself to your elders if you can never examine them or be around them if they're not available, all those different aspects of things, right? Yeah. 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 Well said. Well said. So, so as far as, as far as finding a church, so we've got all that stuff laid out. Yeah. Yep. What's the next step? These ones are basic, right? It's, this is more practical stuff. So when I was mm-hmm. working through this, it's like the first one I had is just take the time and research a church before you go. Um, right. You can read you can the cut materials. Have. a lot of heartache by yes, just doing can. a little bit of research <laughs> and yep. a waste yes. of like, Sunday. Put that audio on two times speed and blast through a few sermons and listen right. to them. Um, look at their website, read right. the materials that they have on there, listen to their teaching. Yeah. Look at their statement of faith. Right. Um, that's a big one. You can yeah. look at some places that are, I mean, mainline liberal churches. You can tell right away by their statement right. of faith if you don't, you don't know their denomination. Yeah. You don't have to shadow the door to know that Pastor Susan is lame. All right. Yes. You just, yep. Yeah. I mean, just look online. <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful tool. At the same time, though, know that everybody's putting their best foot forward on a website. Yeah. And so right. a statement of faith is going to be just that. They can always work around it. It's one thing to have it. It's another thing to have an orthodox one, but it's yep. another thing to actually hold to that statement of faith. And so right. the question then is, how do you discern if they do that? How do they How do they discern if they hold to the statement of faith? Yeah, so let's right say now? they've got a, a good statement of faith. Everything on the website looks decent. You know, Where do you go from there to discern whether or not that's a church you should continue to attend? Yeah. That's a question. Um, okay, so it's not rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, leave that for the listener to ponder. Um, right. mm, yeah. That's good, Grayson. All right. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, right, right. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's like, wait, they didn't answer the question. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wait, I needed that answer. Right. So you do Go the ahead, research. Blake. So you're saying you do the research, you look online, you see the statement of faith, everything looks good. I mean, I would say that then the next step would be to visit, right? Yep. That's Wouldn't what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And then actually get to know, you know, maybe even, you know, attend a couple of times. If you have any questions, make sure you put them forth, you know, to one of the elders, see how they get back to you, uh, things like that. And, and just kind of start, you know, dipping your toes in the water and yeah. checking it out. I would say, did yeah. you have something else in mind, Grayson? No, that's it. I mean, what I always recommend to people that are looking for a church is give it time too, right? As you're doing that and walking through that whole process, sometimes you can sniff it out right away. Like when I went to those two different churches we talked about earlier, um, I knew right away they weren't healthy churches. Right. But if you're looking and let's say I've got three solid churches, they're all within the same proximity to my house, right? It's a real toss up. What do I do? I would commit to just attending one of those churches straight for the next three, four months, even six months, and just start to participate in the life of that body. Um, instead of making a snap decision or saying, I'm going to go every other week, you know, I'll go to this church and then this church and then this church, just commit yourself to one for the time being and sit there and start to inquire the people, start to get to know them, 
Yeah. Talk to the elders and pastor. Hear their regular preaching. Because um, you might go on a really good Sunday and they knock you out of the park. Or right. you might go on a really bad Sunday and you're like, I don't know about this guy. But then the next four in a row, you're like, okay, he's a faithful man. Right. Um, give it time. Right. Everybody needs to work through that kind of stuff. But I yeah. think especially if you want to make a wise decision, um, you know, it's an important one. So take it slow. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And you can, and you can ask. Uh, so one of my favorite things is when people visit, um, it truly is a pastor. It, it kind of warms your heart. Uh, if people have serious questions that they want to ask when they first start attending, you know, I mean, we've had people ask us, you know, set up an appointment or a phone call and say things like, do you guys practice church discipline? Do you believe in the doctrines of grace? Do you, I mean, yeah. like things like that. And those are the conversations that I like to have personally. I don't think that any pastor would be put off by those questions. And those are good things to just, you know, investigate uh, when you first start attending and then you're yeah. not caught, you know, then you're not caught, you know, six months down the road, like, Oh, they, they don't practice yeah. church discipline or they don't believe, you know, some crucial aspect of something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You so, can yeah, talk to the elder, ask him questions. All I could say. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You could go through that whole section we did on, you know, we talked about early, just in this episode, do they do expositional preaching? They look, they care about theology. Like you could go through that. Just ask, ask questions yeah. pertaining to that. Right. If you're, and if you, you have a little, lot about a church, if you have a little bit of, you know, background, I guess, uh, you know, it's even telling, asking a pastor, like, who are some of your favorite authors? You know, yep. who are some of your favorite preachers? You know, yeah. I love it. I love talking about, that stuff, you know, and again, I don't think any pastor would be put off by it. What do you mean? I haven't read a book in 20 years. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? It's like, or you, it's like my favorite author is Abram X. Kendi and Robin D'Angelo. And uh, my favorite author is the other. Paul, so, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you know, th- those are good. Those are kind of good things to ask yeah. as well, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, I think that's the end of the outline that we had ask what some of the needs are in the church too. I mean, those are all, you know, yeah. things, oh, yeah, you, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you know, do you believe in expository preaching? What, uh, what do you see as the needs here? Where, what are areas that, you know, you would see that maybe there needs to be some service and yeah. things like that. And that'll yeah. just give you kind of an idea, you know, of things. Yep. Yeah. So very good. All right. Well, we did it. I think we did it. How long? In a normal uh, in a minute. Oh, I'm sorry, an hour, hour and 10? ten minutes. Yeah, boom. Not, Not too bad. bad. Pretty good. That's Not pretty good. Too bad. We could tell a lot more stories <laughs> <laughs> that go nowhere. Sign up uh, for our Patreon. For yes. You uh, but no, uh, Grace and Blake. Anything to add in closing? Just kind nope. of in summary, or I'd say just pray through the whole process. Um, yeah. You know, I, I understand it can be difficult to go through, but recognize God wants you to be part of a church. And so petition your father, ask him to lead you to a good, solid, faithful church, one where you can participate in it, but also one that you can worship your God with. Yep. Um, yeah. So don't neglect that. That's a key aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think intentionality about the process and the commitment to what it is to belong to a church. If you've got that, you're already doing great. Right. Like you're, you're in the right track. So be yeah. intentional. If the process is long, don't be disheartened. It can be challenging, difficult right. sometimes, but 
finding and belonging to a true church is one of, if not one of the most important things you will do in your life and your, your walk with Christ. It just is. And think of, and you're in this for the long haul too, you know, like this is like, you're not looking for like this. This isn't like a vacation that you're on. I mean, by God's grace, you'll find the church that you'll die in, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that you'll be there for a long time and you'll live through all kinds of seasons too. lean seasons, you know, uh, prosperous seasons, uh, times of difficulty, times of great joy. And that's just part of body life too. So even if you're listening to this today and you're thinking about, you know, thinking about maybe leaving your church because things are hard right now. And you're thinking maybe I should find another one, uh, things like that. I mean, really pray through that, consider your reasons, why you're looking to change, consider the, 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 the length of time that you're going to be at a church, uh, amongst normal circumstances and things like that. So, uh, those are all, those all things, those things all play into it. I said, I didn't have anything to say in closing and then there it is. Just (laughs) keep on rambling. (laughs) <laughs> no, it was good. Grayson, when you All close right. a sermon out, how many conclusions do you have? Oh, it depends <laughs> on the sermon. Oh, <laughs> there are times no. where I, oh, no. I was, so I was actually preaching a sermon on just purely the blessings of the gospel. And it was, yeah. it was one of my favorite to date because it's, <laughs> it's pure indicative. Here's everything that right. Christ has just accomplished for you. And it's just right. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I got through, I, I manuscript out my sermons yeah. I got about 13 pages in out of 27 and yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so right. I just started going through it. By the time I got to the last five to 10 minutes, I still had seven pages left. And right. so at that point I'm like, if I just sit and preach this thing, people are going to be sitting for another 20 minutes. And I think they would have stayed and taken it, but it's like, yeah, I could have, I could have worked right. all sorts of different conclusions in, in there. Conclusion. No, okay, yeah. this is my I'm, real conclusion. In if conclusion, I, yeah. If I'm being honest, my uh, my pastor totally keeps me accountable to that in the best yeah. way. But if if it were a total freebie and I hadn't, you know, he wasn't there that day, I'd be like, I get an extra five minutes. So <laughs> you guys aren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. All right. So in conclusion, <laughs> yeah, exactly. this has yes. been the course in the chaos yes, podcast. Right. Thanks for listening, and uh, until next time. Bye.